thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. So in the final weeks of our hero series, and many of them have been unlikely heroes. Today, we actually have probably one of the unlikeliest heroes in the Hall of Faith. In fact, there are two heroes. One is the people again. The other is a person. So we're going to get straight into it today. And here's Emily to read our passage from Hebrews. Thanks, Emily. Hebrews 11, verse 30 to 31. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So by faith, the walls come tumbling down. The first question I have is, what purpose do walls serve? Protection? Defence? Security? To keep out people we don't want in? The walls of Jericho were stopping God's people from claiming what was theirs. Sometimes the walls are obstacles that need to be overcome. What walls do we build or are we building or have we built that stop people from getting close to us? Maybe they stop God getting close too. Maybe the walls we build in our own lives are stopping God from breaking through. Maybe we've put them up to defend or protect, but we don't want to stop God. Let's allow God to get close. Let's read the account from the book of Joshua to hear the instructions that God gave the people about taking Jericho. Thanks again, Emily. Joshua 6, 1-5 Now the gate of Jericho was securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Make seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, make the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Thank you. The new normal. People are getting a bit fed up of hearing that phrase, the new normal. Washing hands, two metres distance, no hugs, Zoom, social distancing. Wear a mask when you go shopping. All of these phrases and all of these things we hadn't heard or done months ago are just now part of our normal life, part of our normal routine. Well, sometimes life isn't normal. I saw a video this week by an American lady showing how to make British tea. If you haven't seen it, then I'm gonna play it now. Be prepared to be a little bit disturbed. 
Hey guys, so I got a lot of questions after my last video and everyone wanted to see me make hot tea or British tea. So today we are gonna make tea. So fill our mug with water, put it in the microwave, set it for a minute, pour the milk in, drop your tea bag in, add the sugar, give it a little stir, and that's how you make hot tea. Now, I don't drink tea, but even I find this video to be really annoying and a little bit triggering. Who makes tea like that? Anyone makes tea like that? And how much sugar did they add? Very sweet. I could sit here as an English person and say, that is not normal. That is not how you make British tea. But God doesn't always do normal. The miracle at Jericho wasn't the walls falling down. The miracle at Jericho was the people's obedience. The people were willing to do something that wasn't normal in order for God to have all the glory. It's been estimated by experts and historians that it would take 12 hours each day for the whole of the Israelite army to walk around the city of Jericho. Jericho was one of the oldest cities and had never been beaten by its enemies because it was so well situated and because it had these walls thought to be double walls. They're believed to have had a fresh water supply in the city and they, they found plenty of earthen pots that have stored grain. So any siege of the city would have to last for at least a year in order to take it, in order to wait them out. But God was going to do it in just a week. There's a temptation here, isn't there, for Joshua to take it with force. After all, it says in the passage that God has, it, God, God has delivered it into their hands. God has said and promised to them it's going to be yours. But the instruction was, walk around in silence for six days, then on the seventh walk around it and shout and make some noise. In fact, in Joshua chapter 6 verse 10, it says this, But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. Can you imagine it? walking for 12 hours without a sound, doing this strange, unusual, not normal thing in order to defeat a city. What would that mean? Well, it would mean no complaining, no gossiping, no arguing, not even a bit of small talk to pass the time. No, are we nearly round yet? I don't think so. By day three, I think many of us would probably be like, but we did this yesterday and the day before, or maybe we'd be saying, what on earth are we playing at? We're here to fight. We're here to win. We are the victors. It's interesting to note, isn't it, that they didn't observe a day of rest even on the 7th. Imagine you're part of the army. Imagine that you were there each day getting up, walking for 12 hours around the city, not being able to speak to the person next to you. Maybe you'd be tempted to give up on the plan. Maybe you would think to yourself, this just isn't working. Maybe you would think, well, what's the point in waiting? After the third day, I think we question the plan, start to have doubts. What's the point? Why don't we just force our way in? 
God is with us, we can hack at the walls and pray. God's given it into our hands, so let's take it and grab it now. But God's instructions were clear, but unusual. When we accept Jesus as part of our lives, we have to look at life as a new normal. The old is gone. We are new creations. Things are not going to be the same again. And sometimes that might involve change. Sometimes that might involve things that are a little bit unusual to us. Sometimes we might think, why am I doing this? Some people might ask, what's the point? But actually, God gives the people faith to persevere. The people trusted their God and the people trusted their leader. I'm sure there were doubts. I'm sure there were questions. But what does this teach us? It teaches us that God sometimes wants us to wait, but sometimes he wants us to wail. There's a time to be quiet and a time to be still and a time to reflect. But there's also a time for us to shout and raise our voices and take a stand. We need to seek God's will and ask for his instruction and what is his normal. This, the whole situation is in God's hand. The whole situation he's promised them is theirs. They just had to walk with him and quietly wait. That's what he's asking us to do many days, to walk with him and quietly wait. Why? Because then he gets the glory. It's his strength. It's his power. It's his might. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God is not going to force his way in. God wants us to wait on him. And God wants us to see him glorified. And when the people waited, when the people followed those instructions and they walked for six days in silence, the walls came tumbling down. The miracle, the second miracle, if you like, occurred. Maybe today God is waiting for us to tear down some of our own walls. Maybe we're building things that we shouldn't be. And actually God is waiting for us to stop. Maybe he's waiting for us to walk and wait with him. Maybe he's wanting us to walk more closely and faithfully with him. Maybe some of the walls that we put up are actually barriers to what God wants to do. When we take those walls down or when we allow him to dismantle them, there will be a shout of praise and rejoicing because we will be able to see and get so much nearer to our God. So the first heroes of today's passage are the people because they waited and they walked and they obeyed. So the obstacles came crashing down. The second hero that was in today's passage is Rahab, an extremely unlikely one. She's mentioned in the heroes of faith, yet her past is very dark and really not very godly. Should her past mean she gets removed from the hall of faith? No, because we aren't the judges of people's past. God calls Rahab a hero, even though she's been a prostitute. Let's hear Tabby, our German pays in turn, share a little bit of Rahab's requests of the spies that stayed with her before the walls came tumbling down. Thanks, Tabby. Joshua chapter 2, verse 8 to 14. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihan and Og, 
the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the man assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Feeling dank, Tabby, thank you. Acting on what we know is really important. Too often we can wade into things that we don't know enough about. We might have opinions but not real knowledge. We might see the surface but not see all that goes on. It would be a bit like me going to Walney to try and organise what Ros has been doing with Shirley who have got a tight ship running. I wouldn't have a clue. I've got an opinion. I think it's amazing. And I think it's great that we're supporting these people. Uh, and there's so many people volunteering from, from Springmount Church. Thank you so much for your time and for your efforts. But I have not got the inter intimate knowledge of what's going on in terms of how it works and what they're actually achieving. I can see the stats and I can have an opinion. But too often we wade into things that we don't know enough about. We might have opinions but not real knowledge. Here we see Rahab act out of knowledge. She knows. What does she know? It says in the passage, I know God has given you this land. She is aware that Jericho is theirs. I know what your God has done. She is aware and she knows that God has parted the Red Sea, that God has rescued the Israelites from Egypt. She knows the power of God. I know the Lord your God is God of heaven and earth. There's a declaration of faith, isn't there? I know that your God is God. Rahab says those three things that she knows and she acts out of that knowledge. She wants to be a part of it. She wants to be saved. She recognises that God is a God who saves. The things she confesses, she knows and she acts out of that knowledge. This week we had a one of our help cards put back through the door of Salt House. Sadly, someone had received it and had written on the back in bright red marker pen and circled the bit that says, can we help you? And then written underneath, no, and go away, but not really go away. It was a little bit more offensive than that, shall we say. Joel and Liam, when posting some cards on Walney, were told, why would I need you to come and help me? What do I need help from you for? We could get really upset about this. We could go, oh, that's terrible, that's awful. Or we could just recognise that sometimes people act out of not knowing. You know, for example, people can judge us as Christians. People often say Christians are judgmental. Well, actually, I think people can be judgmental. They can judge our motives for doing what we're doing. They can question our sanity in believing in a God that they haven't seen. They can question our ability to help. But anyone who has reached out to us in this time of help knows that we can help them. Anyone who's reached out to God in any time of need has the knowledge that God can be with them and can make a huge difference. We are, our church is full of people who have become aware that God makes a huge difference. Why? Because they've got involved and they know and they've seen it for themselves. 
But if others act out of ignorance and without knowing, then we as Christians also need to make sure we don't do the same. We all have opinions. We all have a worldview that can be biased depending on where we're from and depending on what influences and who influences us. So sometimes we act out of our opinions and we need to do that carefully and look at what we actually know. We need to see the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the truth. We need to look at act out of the truth that is Jesus. Can you imagine people starting a campaign to take Rahab out of the hall of faith because of her past, because she was a prostitute? That isn't how God works. Otherwise, none of us would be able to stand before God. God forgives and he removes your past, present and future sins as we put it into his hands. It's nailed to the cross that Jesus died on. That was the point. That's what we know. We know that Jesus died and rose again. Why? To save the whole world. We know that Jesus died to tear down the barriers between us and God, to tear down those walls. And we need to receive his love and forgiveness. We have to accept it and we have to say yes to Jesus. We need to pass it on by loving others. Those are all things we know. So this morning, what do we learn from these heroes? Well, that there's a time to be quiet and a time to cry out. That faithfulness will always find a way to overcome obstacles. That God calls us to persevere in our waiting sometimes. And that what we know about God, and when we see that God in others, we can know that God is God of the heavens and the earth, just like Rahab. We know that whatever our past holds, God does not hold it against us. We know that the people were together in their faith, united and believing that God was with them. There was nobody dissenting that. We know that Rahab was on her own, believing in God, even though all around her probably wouldn't have done. The whole of Jericho would have disagreed with her, but she still stuck strong. Whether today we're in a period of waiting, maybe that one to six days of walking and quiet, and maybe it seems like a lot longer, or whether we're called to shout out today and get loud for God and take a stand, let's know God more deeply so that he influences our opinions and that he is central to our thoughts. The past fortnight has seen many situations across our world that people are taking a stand about. Some of those stands are really important and some of those stands we will stand with and definitely echo God's heart for justice and for righteousness. I shared on Sunday night's Zoom worship about the law in Deuteronomy that says, do not deprive the foreigner of justice. Remember you were slaves once in Egypt. God commands us to stand on justice and righteousness. But as Christians, we continuously have to look to have God at the centre of our opinions, to have God central to our hopes. As a church, we're looking at how we can stand on the issues and share the stories of those who are crying out for justice. Hopefully a podcast will be produced that we can listen to that will share some of the experiences of our Springmark family and how they've coped with it. We need to learn from the history of the past rather than simply tearing it down all the time. So let's celebrate our diversity as very different people of God, because if I'm the new normal, then I don't know, help us. <laughs> By faith, walls can come tumbling down. By faith, 
we can know rescue and salvation and an escape from death. By faith, our past is exactly that. It's in the past. It's gone. And when we persevere and keep walking with God, our faith can grow and grow and our knowledge of his love becomes deeper, wider and higher. Let's be heroes today. Let's persevere. Let's wait and then shout at the right time. Have a great Sunday and God bless. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the, the two heroes today and I pray that we will learn to wait on you, that we won't force our way into situations. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will uh, know the times and the days to take a stand. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to see you at work and know that actually sometimes you ask us to do unusual things. Father, I pray for anyone who is waiting on you right now, who is struggling in that six days of walking around their Jericho. Father, let us know that you bring the walls down at just the right time and that actually you've delivered things into our hands. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will put our lives in your hands so that you might deliver us. Father, I thank you for the times when you have been uh, so faithful to us and yet we have walked a, a way off. Father, I pray today that we will know your faithfulness and that we will, we will be faithful people, whether we're surrounded by others who believe or whether we feel a bit on our own. Father God, let us persevere and let us pray that by faith, the walls that we've built and the walls that surround us come tumbling down so that we can claim the land you have promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week and we'll see you soon. God bless.